You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hey, Bible Plus listeners, my name is Ty. We are in Mark 13 today. This chapter is actually a chapter on prophecy, right? The Lord takes time and heavy consideration to bring his disciples to a mountain privately to unveil the things to come, right? The things that are to take place the moment after he resurrects to the day he comes back, right? And this is these chapters prior all in preparation of what he's going to do on the cross. And he's taking time to give his suffering followers, his beloved disciples, a clear lamp in a dark place, a clear direction for what's going to happen on earth before he comes back. And there are a few matters here that I want to bring up and also to just bring up what, how can we really apply this matter of prophecy and what the Lord has prophesied on this was to come to us. And so chapter 13 verses one and two says as he was going out, right? Jesus going out of the temple. One of the disciples said to him, teacher, behold, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings, you know, really admiring the temple, the Jewish temple. And Jesus said to them, do you see these great buildings? There should by no means be left a stone upon a stone, which shall not be thrown down. So the Lord here is prophesying really on the Jewish temple that it will be destroyed. Um, him even going out of the temple just shows you. Um, just the, the attitude the Lord is shifting here with going from the old kind of testament way of move, right? In his economy and his operation, his, his, his way he deals with man. He's shifting that from the old testament way to the new testament way. The new, the new economy of God, the new testament way that God's going to carry out his plan in man and through man. And going out of the temple is just a clear indication of what the Lord's going to do. He's going to destroy this temple. And we know this historically happened in A.D. 70, right? When Titus and his army destroyed the temple, it, it obliterated them. And so this is a already fulfilled prophecy historically. And then a few verses down, we hear of these rumors of war, these earthquakes, these famines, these nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. All of these are the beginning of birth pangs. And really from Christ's, Christ's ascension, um, until even right now in 2020, we see this happening all over in the world situation. Um, these things are simply beginning of birth pangs and birth pangs here. And the unveiling what the Lord is doing here is showing us something is trying to be birthed. Something is being born and is going through some suffering to bring that forth. What's he alluding to in these birth pangs takes other chapters as far as Ephesians 2 um, and also in John 16, the matter of the one new man, the new child, right? Those chapters further in the New Testament further reveal something got brought forth in Christ's resurrection. The new man talked about in the New Testament is the church, God's believers, Christ's followers, God's, God's people that that they are to be brought forth through resurrection with Christ's life, through all of these tumultuous things in the world, right? 
the the earthquakes, the famines, the the wars, the, the nation against nation, all of those sufferings really have been there from the beginning of the church life. God's body being fully developed and still developing. This new child talked about in John 16 was brought forth when Christ resurrected and it's still being uh, being brought forth today. So we are in the new man as God's people, God's um, children, his body of Christ. We are the one new man being brought forth through birth pangs. For what? Right? This is for Christ's second coming. He needs this new man. He needs this child to be brought forth unto maturity for his sake. So then we go on to another matter the Lord brings up in preparation for his um, redemptive work and his unveiling of his second coming and the things to come is this matter of the fig tree, right? The nation of Israel in verse 28, but learn the parable from the fig tree. As soon as this branch has become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that the summer is near. So many verses in the Old Testament and also in the Gospels reveal this fig tree is actually pointing to the nation of Israel. Right. In 1948, it was brought forth again, restored. Right. And it began having fruit. Right. It began having these outward signs of its flourishing. So as you see the one new man flourishing, being built up, being brought up into maturity, that's the church, right? The believers of Christ growing. Um, also, the nation of Israel, as we say historically, has been flourishing, has been thriving politically, governmentally as its own country again. After so many years of um, being almost desolate and dispersed, it got restored. This is a fulfillment of this prophecy as a fig tree. And then also in this chapter, just going to mention the matter of false Christ, false prophets. Um, these are all alluding to those who would deceive God's people, right? Talked about in Revelation. These are all things that are becoming um, from the time Christ resurrects the day he comes. And we've seen, right, this play out historically in time with the nation of Israel. We've seen the the church, us, is God's people being built up more and more throughout church church age and church history. And we even see in the world situation, um, you know, the, the Antichrist is emerging out of this tumultuous and crazy times of the world. Um, this is all prophesied, the matter looking at from the nation of Israel, uh, the matter looking at it from the church, the matter looking at it from the world situation. And the Lord's really application for us um, is really this this word, the last word in chapter 13 is watch. That's the Lord's commandment for us is watch. Watch, therefore, we do not know the day or time when he's when he will come. And so this is a very sobering, but yet um, keeping word for us as God's people that we do not know um, the day or hour. Um, so we need to be alert. We need to be awake. And I love using this verse in Ephesians to help us out here. It says in Ephesians that we are to arise, awake, sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And looking and studying prophecies and all that the Lord will bring to fruition before he comes should not alarm us and disarm us spiritually, but get us on the alert in, in a, in a, healthy and very sobering way give us a life and the living that's 
pleasing to the Lord, right? That's one that we are watching with prayerful uh, consideration um, and, and really just a heart to see the Lord in his second coming. You know, um, you know, really the Jews are looking for him to come on earth and like he won't be there or here. He's coming from the clouds. That's his coming. In verse 26, it says that they will see the son of man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. So this open coming of the Lord, we need to be watchful, um, is also paired with an inward coming, right? A secret coming. Lord, I want you to come today. Lord, I want to meet you. Lord, I want to meet you as my bridegroom. Boy, make me more watchful and more ready for your return. So this is how the Lord prepares us for his redemptive work, is to unveil what is to come and to always have us with a heart and a spirit and an attitude ready to bring him back. So let's all have a new attitude today. Let's be watchful. Um, we don't know the day he will come, but Lord, make me ready if I'm not ready. Lord, we love you. Lord, come quickly.